This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. New Brunswick is heading into an election this fall, and that has Shelley Petit thinking about the significance of advocacy and the power of voices. Shelley is the chair of New Brunswick Coalition of Persons with Disabilities. Hey, good morning, Shelley. Oh, Shelley, hello. Oh, can you hear me? I got you loud and clear now. Thanks, okay, Shelley. Okay. Fantastic. So why do you think the election represents a moment to consider the collective power of voices? Um, since the I really feel that since the pandemic, um, especially persons with disabilities have really united across the country and have realized the power of their voice. And then with the most recent Stats Canada numbers that have come out uh, in New Brunswick, we've seen our, our numbers jump tremendously. We're now at 35.3% of the population. And if there's ever going to be a time where we can demand, like really demand that we get some of our needs met, because we can't have them all met tomorrow. We know that. Like there's there's got to be some realism here. But have the government really listen and, and take into account what we need? It's now. But the only way that's going to work is if we unite and use our voices as one. So that's a really strong theoretical jumping off points, but there are some yeah. positive examples to point to. Oh, yes. One from a national perspective is uh, Loblaws flip-flopping on their decision yeah. to reduce discounts on uh, soon-to-expire food. How do, you, how do you think that conversation and backlash impacted the way a giant corporation backed down? And be believe us, an organization that rarely backs down from policies that really annoy the heck out of people. Yeah, like, uh, look, nobody was more surprised than I was that they did back down because they essentially said, came out and said, nope, we're sticking to this and this is the norm and this is what we're going to do. And we were waiting to see other grocery stores and drop theirs even more. So the fact that so many voices spoke so loudly, united across the country, um, really made a difference. And it shows like nobody can now say my voice does not count or what can I do? I'm only one person. Your call, your letters, your emails, they all count and they can all make a difference. And people have to stop with this. I'm only one person. Yeah, you're one person, but when you're joined with several others, you become really powerful. Mm. There are other concrete examples to pull from the yep. experience of New Brunswickers, uh, community members working to address the issue of homelessness. What was the situation like and what came about through advocacy? Well, uh, somehow the government didn't seem to be ready for the winter. You know, it happens every year in New Brunswick uh, and it happens significantly. So many of our homeless shelters are just opening now. We have 10 encampments all throughout the province. Uh, unfortunately, we have many people who are working at low-income positions who are living in tents. Like, this is just not the Canada that I grew up in or the New Brunswick I grew up in. And unfortunately, there was a fire in St. John and a gentleman who was helping to save other homeless individuals perished in the fire. We've now found out another gentleman in, in that same situation uh, 
is losing or has lost, has had to have part of one of his legs amputated. And the community just came together across the province, uh, very vocal. And the government got on, there's a new homeless hub opening. There's more money going into shelters. Like, so still Band-Aid solutions, but they started moving on it a lot quicker than they were planning on it. There are also some cultural issues that are unique to New Brunswick, New Brunswick being the only officially bilingual province in the country. There was some pushback in regards to French immersion and access to French immersion schooling for students. So what was the outcome? What was the pushback on that front? The premier thought that they would just eliminate French immersion. He has never been a pro-French individual. He originally came from the core party, the old core party that wanted to essentially put all of us French people on a boat and ship us back to Louisiana or something, I think. Um, and they tried to change the French immersion program, eliminate early French immersion, um, and people just across the province, parents, teachers, uh, teachers who put their jobs at risk fighting this and just stood up and said no, and they were having these community meetings, and the fire marshal came and shut many of them down because there were too many people there to protest. And they had to backtrack. They said, absolutely not, we're not changing. They changed the whole policy and we're back to where we were. Let's zoom out again and think about this through more of a national lens because advocacy and disability have gone hand in hand pretty much since either of those two terms existed at all. But what about allyship? What about trying to get more Canadians into the tent more broadly to understand the importance of disability issues and become strong allies in fighting for those disability issues? Oh, that is huge because a disability issue does not just affect people with disabilities. It affects their families. It affects their friends. And as we continue to say to people, being able-bodied is just a temporary state. At some point, you're going to be, you know, God willing, you're going to age, you're going to have, you know, maybe some mobility issues, some sight issues, hearing issues. And if we all work together to meet the basic needs of persons with disabilities, then everybody's needs in Canada are met. And the more we talk about that, or we talk about the need for universal design and housing, and I say to people, stop and picture this. You're in an accident. You're being released from the hospital today, but you have to use a wheelchair for six weeks. Can you even get in your front door? Can you get on and off your toilet? They start to realize the importance of some of these needs and how it is going to impact them. And when we can bring them in, which is happening more and more, then we see the common will for change expand. And that's what's going to make a difference. Hey, Shelley, thank you for your perspective on this today. Really appreciate it. Anytime. That's Shelley Petit. Shelley is the chair of the New Brunswick Coalition of Persons with Disabilities. In 60 seconds, Alex Smythe's weather story of the day is also in the Atlantic provinces. But first, here is Canadian press reporter Karen Rebo with your Morning Business Minute. Canada's main stock index managed to squeeze out a modest gain at the end of the trading week on Friday. Toronto's TSX index closed 23 points higher at 21,125. In New York, the Dow Jones average gained 60 points and the Nasdaq lost 55. In Tokyo this morning, the Nikkei index gained 275 points. And our dollar is trading overseas this morning at 74.43 cents U.S. Asian markets have opened the week on a positive note with China 
Chinese regulators announcing measures to support the country's teetering stock markets, while heavily indebted property developer China Evergrande was ordered to undergo liquidation. This week, we'll see the first meeting of the U.S. Federal Reserve Board this year. Analysts expect the Fed to echo the Bank of Canada's decision on interest rates last week, a continued rate hold, but a shift in messaging towards cuts. Canada will also get fresh GDP data this week. From the Canadian Press Business Desk, I'm Karen Rebo. Thank you very much, Karen. Let's turn to the world of weather and Alex Smythe. Alex, a storm is a brewing on the East Coast and it's impacting one of our colleagues, Laura Bain. We'll hear her perspective a little bit later. Yeah, Dave, uh, it is a uh, cold, wintry, snowy day out in Halifax, and that will uh, also move into Newfoundland later today as well. It's the first major snowstorm of the year for the region, so schools are closed today in Halifax. There's heavy snow, heavy wind pummeling the area, so expect delays, cancellations on anything that is planned today, because even at 7 a.m. Atlantic time this morning, there was already a centimeters of snow that had fallen at the Halifax airport. By the time the system moves on late today, you can expect upwards of 15 centimeters of snow. And as I mentioned, as it moves on, it's going to be moving into the Avalon Peninsula of Newfoundland and Labrador. So you're going to start to see the storm come into that region later today into tomorrow. And there's going to be upwards of three centimeters of snow per hour in Newfoundland. So there's also strong winds that are accompanying this storm. So upwards of 70 kilometer per hour wind. So that is going to contribute to whiteout conditions, low visibility, just really tough conditions out and about. The reason for this severe storm is because you got a lot of moisture from a low pressure system coming up from the Gulf, bringing all that moisture in and you have the cold uh, high pressure system from the north. So once that cold air meets with all that moisture, that is resulting in this huge amount of snow in these storming conditions. So hopefully, you know, the system moves by uh, quickly for the Nova Scotia region by the end of today, it should clear up. And then for Newfoundland, Labrador, that's going to be tomorrow into Wednesday that it will be clear. But it's the first major snowstorm of the year for the region. All right. Well, in the next segment, uh, both contributors are popping by from the Atlantic provinces, uh, Kim Thistle in Newfoundland and Labrador, and Laura Bain will be joining again from uh, Halifax. So I'll ask them what the uh, circumstances are like on the ground, and I'll find out if Kim has her storm chips ready. Because, you know, you've got to be prepared for these things. Alex, thank you for this. Coming up after the break, it's a film review. Lift is a new Netflix movie that stars Kevin Hart. Kim Thistle will share her thoughts on that. And you'll get a glimpse into Kim's pantry to find out if there are storm chips available ahead of the snowstorm. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on AMI-tv. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. 
Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.